happens to you is that the more you fellowship, the more you are mixed with God. And the more you are mixed with God, the more the particles of God get to every part of you. to be seen. I want God to be seen because I want him to so melt me up until what I used to be proud of is no more something that I'm proud of. the devil knows you're just playing church. He can take you anytime. He can frustrate you anytime. But when you are blocked into God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. First Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 15 to 20 is where we'll be reading from. Let's be upstanding as we read God's word together. Alright, let's read it together. One to go. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take a member of Christ and make them a member of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, said he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And he said in verse 18, Flee fornication, every sin that a man where is without his body. But he that committed fornication, sin it against his own body. And verse 19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells, of which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own. For ye were bought with a price. Alright, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Tell somebody I'm bought. Tell somebody I'm bought with a price. Tell somebody you can't buy me. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. Be seated in God's presence. Okay, today I'll be preaching powerfully on what I call, I'm going into God. Tell somebody, I'm going into God. Are you sure you said something to the person? Tell the person, I'm going into God. Alright, when I was a child, I loved my mother so much. And the reason why I loved her was maybe because she provides all the things that I need. If you ask your mother for anything, your mother won't tell you. She won't give it to you. She will tell you, all I want you to do is take first. And it will be given to you. And when you are somebody that doesn't take first, you will believe your mother would have given you the things you wanted, if only you can take first. And not knowing that there's not all the things that we need that our parents has the capacity to give to us. So I loved my mother because my mother was the one I believed could solve all my problems. When I was a little child, when somebody beats me up, I report the person to my mother, and all my mother would do is just to rub her hands on the place that somebody beats me up, and all the pains vanishes. Did it happen to you like that? The moment she rubs her hands and tells you, sorry for that, don't mind him, 
is not. The pain seems to disappear. The moment somebody does something bad or somebody said you are ugly and you run and cry and talk to your mother and your mother said, don't worry, you are very, very beautiful. It seems to settle the problems you have right inside. Sometimes that's how my children behave. Grown-up girls. <laughs> Grown-up girls. And will come to me and say, Daddy, somebody said I'm not beautiful. I said, who tell you? Somebody come to me and said, Daddy, somebody said I'm very short. I said, who tell you? Who tell you? The Lord is dragging you higher. And that seems to console them. That seems to console them. So I felt because my mother was always closer to us. And my mother seemed to be the one who gives everything I need. So sometimes when I need food, she's there. Need this, she's there. Need this, she's there. So my love for her was so great. And not just because of the love she has for me, but because of the power. It's not enough to feel loved. I think there's another thing that is very important, and that is power. What the person can deliver you off when you're in trouble. But when I grow a little bit higher, I discovered in life that all the money my mother has been spending on me is from my father. So my love a little bit shifted to my father because I know if my father doesn't give, she wouldn't give. Because most times I've seen her go to my father and ask for money. And if my father delays to give, then I delayed to receive. So my love shifted a little bit to my father. And I started trusting on my father because I believe that all the things that I need, he will always provide. A few days ago, one of my friends told me about what the child said. And what the child said was that the child came back from school crying. And they asked the child, what's the problem? He says, Ijeoma, my little friend in school, said that he can beat my father. Ijeoma, <laughs> a very little child in school, said I can beat my father. And the mother said, beat whose father? Your father? Your father is very powerful. Your father, in fact, go and tell your father, and your father will laugh at Ijeoma. So the small girl went to the father and said, Daddy, Ijeoma, my classmate said he can beat you. And the father said, beat me, and said, look at my power. And just lifted up his hands and do like that. And the child smiled. And all the pains and all the, these things vanished away because of how much he trusts the father's strength. So when I grew up, I was fortunate enough that my father was a teacher and I was in his school. So when I was in school with my father, people don't really mess with me. People don't really do anything bad to me because they are afraid of the teacher's son. And so that was how it was. So when I grew up from that school, into a higher school. I discovered that my father's protection can cover me over there. My father's protection can cover me over there. And so when I was in the university, I had a friend who was a law student and he likes finding trouble. He likes finding trouble if anybody does anything. He just get police, arrest the person, and use his influence to treat the person's bad. And when I was in school, I had some occasions where people talked to me about how cultism could be so bad and so on. And people have withdrawn from school because of cultism. And most people I faced in school, in fact, including how a lecturer would just want to deal with you and uh, seize your scripts and not give you the things that you're looking for. I started discovering that my father's strength and my father's connection can help me all. My father's strength is limited. My father's connections are limited. And at that point, I started feigning for myself. So... I decided to be closer to my friend who was a law student so I can use the government to solve my problems. I can use the government to solve my problems. So if anybody gets me annoyed or gets something 
from me forcefully. I just involved the police. I involved the lawyers. I just started solving my problems using governments. I try as much as possible to know the Constitution and try as much as possible to get rid of trouble and make sure somebody is the one who finds me trouble first. And so when I grew up a little bit, I discovered that there are most problems that government can solve and that the government cannot solve some problems like spiritual problems because I've heard how a police ridicule one man who said they should arrest the other person because the person killed the son. And they said, how did the person kill your son? He said, he killed my son through witchcraftsy. And the police said, how did he kill your son through witchcraftsy? He said, yeah, because the person doesn't like my son and all of that. And we have been suspecting that the person is a witch. And we went to a church and the church prophesied that the person is a witch. And now my child is dead. So arrest. And so the government said, well, we don't have any proof concerning what you're saying. What you're saying is just a made talk. And there's no proofs on the ground. And I discovered that the government can dive into spiritual issues. If you're being praised at night, you can call the police. I don't know how you can call the police and tell the police that somebody prays you at night. You can't. There are issues that you can't even report to the police. You can't get the lawyer involved in some cases. You can't really do much with the government. The government can fail. And so when I discovered all of that can fail, I had no other alternative because the government is the highest as far as we are concerned in this civil society. I decided to try as much as I can to put my trust in God. And God becomes the only thing that it can't fail. Because most times, your father can be so powerful, but after some times, your father's power, he becomes old and he doesn't have enough power to help you out. He can be so powerful, but at the time, he can't help you out, giving you all that you've been looking for. Sometimes your father had been the one providing everything. And after some time, he gets into retirement and retirement gets him a little bit poorer and he can't even solve any of your needs again. So we have to remove our trust from people and start hanging our trust on God. And the best way to hang our trust in God is this aspect of going into God. A lot of people are very funny because when they have problems, they feel, when I have problems, I come to God. When my problems are off, I run away from God. But Jesus, when he was teaching the disciples on how to pray, he told them, pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Which is actually a very good formula because pray so that you will not fall into temptation becomes like a preventive measure, which means in order for you not to get into problem, you have to be close to him. Don't wait until you get into problem before you are closer to him because prevention is better than cure. And being closer to God before I even get into my problem is a preventive method than going to God when I already have problem. And so when I looked at that scripture, I discovered that the only way I can be closer to God is this fusion. And the fusion system is the mixing. Mix means that I have to relate with God in such a way that I'm lost in God. I don't know if you've done this before, but sometimes if you're trying to mix two drinks, you can mix the drink until one drink is lost in the other one. If you're trying to mix something, you can try to mix sugar into water. You can mix the sugar into water until the sugar is lost in the water. Most of you know that when you are mixing up sugar in water, after some time, you don't find the granules again. The granules are the grains of the sugar. You don't find the grains of the sugar in the water again because the grain is so absorbed by the water. 
And the only thing you now taste is that you now taste and you feel the taste of the sugar even when the sugar is lost. And when you are so mixed with God, people can see you and not know that you're a child of God because it may look like you're not a child of God because you don't really have a big car. You don't really have a big credential. You don't even have the best results in school. And sometimes you can feel depressed because you don't find some things that looks like an evidence that God is with you. How many of you have ever trusted God before you are closer to God? But sometimes the things around you doesn't even look like God is with you. And sometimes you can start doubting. Sometimes I finish some seven days fasting or finish some three days fasting. And I'm asking myself, what did I even get in the fasting? What did I get in the fasting? Because I've not really felt something inside. Have you ever felt something like that? You've not really felt something very extraordinary inside. The truth is that when you are walking with God, you have to humble yourself until you are dissolved with God. You are dissolved in God until you are melt of God so consume you that somebody can look at you and don't even feel that you are anointed. Somebody can look at you and try to judge you based on the outward appearance and doesn't even know that I have been so mixed with God and the only thing you can know and how you can know that I'm a child of God is if you get to test what I have inside of me. If you get to test, that is why when somebody is close to you, let him see that you have God inside of you. He may not see on the physical things that you have. He may not see on the good clothes that you have or the gold watch that you have. But let him test on your attitude and know that people have been with God. And that is in how much you have been dissolved with God. How much you have allowed God to so pour into you until yourself is totally lost. How you can allow the devil to be diminishing your life until the spirit of the Lord take control. I don't want to be seen. I want God to be seen because I want him to so melt me up until what I used to be proud of is no more something that I'm proud of until all that I can see is the glory of God in me. You cannot boast on your credentials because you can't walk with them after 35 years. After 35 years, the government puts you on retirement so they have a limited days. You can't boast on your strength because after some time your strength will fall out. You can't boast on your health and boast on everything because a strong man can get sick sometimes, but I have something that I can boast on, and what I can boast on is the life that is inside of me, and that life is Jesus. Can I hear somebody say Jesus? Jesus Jesus becomes the greatest thing that we can melt up with. Jesus is the thing that we can melt ourselves with, something that can dissolve us, something that can reduce our ego, something that can defend us. And I was talking about having problems in your dream, and you don't even have consciousness in your dream. How many of you have been having such a problem before in your dream? You don't even have consciousness. Something happened in the dream, something you would have resisted. If you were with your strength, if you were with your mind, you would have resisted it. Somebody wanted to give you something, and you know very well you shouldn't eat something from this person. And right there in the dream, you ate something from the person. And when you woke up, you start blaming yourself because you have eaten something you wouldn't have eaten. Has it happened to somebody before? Uh, because you didn't have strength in the dream. That is what happened to you. And the reason why you don't have strength so much in your dream war is because you have not been fused into God. And the reason is because the dream war is a spiritual war. And in a spiritual world, it is not flesh that prevails. It is the spirit that prevails. And so no matter how heavy and how strong you are in the physical, you can't take your strength of the physical into the spiritual realm. 
Oh, how I wish you can still remember the scripture that says, uh, by strength shall no man prevail. We don't prevail by our strength. We don't prevail by our power. We prevail by the spirit of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit, says the Lord. So how God works with us is in our spirits. So what God does to us in our spirit is that our spirit is so light. And so the only thing that God does is that he pours his spirit into our spirits. And when he pours his spirit into our spirit, our spirit start mixing up with the spirit of the Lord. And if your spirit is more than the spirit of the Lord, then you're carnal. If the spirit of the Lord is more than your spirit, then you're spiritual. And this is what coming to church every day does to you. This is what fellowship does to you every time. When you fellowship, what happens to you is that the more you fellowship, the more you are mixed with God. And the more you are mixed with God, the more the particles of God get to every part of that water. How I wish I was talking to somebody. When you are mixing up sugar in water, what you need to do is that you are advised to stay up the sugar. Paul was talking to Timothy and he said to Timothy, stay up the gifts that you have collected. When I laid my hands on you, I dropped some gifts in your life. You have some anointing. When you came to church, you were given some anointing. You received some power and you received some power. You received some grace of God. But the grace of God you have in your life will not start working except you stay it up. So how do I stay it up? All the time I've had to have a time and create a time for fellowship with God. When I fellowship with God, close my doors and I'm washing God for some time and I don't allow my depression to stop me from my worship. I don't allow my busy appointment to stop me from my worship. I don't allow the things that I have and the blessings I have to stop me from my fasting. I'm staring up God that is inside and the more I stay up God that is inside, the more he dissolves in the inside and the more he dissolves in the inside, the more he gets into all the aspects of my life that my hands start feeling the power of God. My legs start feeling the power of God, my brain starts thinking like God, because how it dissolves in me determine how far it's going to get inside of me, you need to stay up the gifts that is inside of you because you're richer than what you look like, you need to stay up the gifts that is inside of you, because you're more anointed than what you look like you need to stay up the gift that is inside of you, because you even have a gift of healing but you don't even know that you have a gift of healing, you can't recognize that until there is a state and the more I stay the more God is lost and I appear the more God becomes me and the more I become him in the place of the scripture where we read the Bible says they that are joined to God have become one with God how do they get joined they have decided to make God not just a Sunday Sunday thing they have decided not to make their fellowship with God a Sunday medicine. They don't just come to church because it's Sunday, but they have decided to make a fellowship with God. I decided to make a fellowship with God because of the problems that I was going through. The problems that I was going through was so much. Most of the time, I discovered that the devil wanted to get me initiated. And these are problems that my parents can't handle. These are the problems that my mother can't handle. These are the problems that the government can't handle. And with how intelligent I am, I discovered that I finished secondary school and I was trying to get admission. 
and my script keep missing and my results keep becoming bad. And for five years of finishing the secondary school, I couldn't get admission into the university. I discovered this is not what my mother can handle. This is not what my father can handle. Have you ever been through a problem before in your life that the people you thought will help you out and now the ones who are blaming you for what you're going through? And my father told me because I was always thinking my father is always there for me. He understands that I'm intelligent though I don't have admission. My father told me this is the last I'm giving to you. If you don't have admission this year, I'll be done with you. I discovered I don't have anybody by my right to help me out. Nobody on my left. And the only thing that is left for me is to go into God. And I said to God, I'm going to go into you. If there's deliverance inside of you, deliver me. I need a help that a doctor can give. If there's a deliverance inside of me, deliver somebody like me. And it all begins with going into God. You can be in the surface and you can be outside thinking, can God give me this? Can God help me out? Can God give me the deliverance that I need? The devil knew I was going to be very great in life. The devil knew I would be an influence to a lot of people. And the devil started attacking me. The devil started attacking my life. The devil started trying to frustrate me. The devil started using some means to frustrate my life. And these are problems that drugs can handle. These are some things that police can handle. Except you go into God, you can find deliverance. God is talking to me today and he's saying to me that about 50 people are standing outside asking God to help them from inside. And the Bible tells us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Even though he's a strong tower, he's not going to come and help help you because the righteous has to take a race into God. The Bible said the righteous run into him. Do you know what it means to run into him? You have to take extra race. You have to run more than your speed. You have to run more than your ability. I don't just need to trek into God because of this. With the way things are bad, a lot of people want to get into God. So I want to be the first person to get there. And so the Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It is so strong. The tower is so strong. But if you want to depend on how strong the tower is, you will decide to relax. God said the righteous has to do something. The righteous has to pick up a race and run into it for it to be saved. And so God said to me, about 50 people in this church are standing outside asking for blessings that are inside. And God said, why can't they come in to me and let me provide for them? How can you be standing outside to ask God, God, if I come to you, if I accept you as my Lord and Savior, will you take care of my fees? If I accept you as my Lord and Savior, will you pay my house bill? If I accept you, God said you're standing outside and you can't know what I'll do if you keep standing outside. You need to come inside and test of me and until you come in and test of me, you can't see the power that I have. Can see the power that they have. And one of the things that the devil tries to stop us from doing is that the devil tries as much as he can to stop you from coming in. I tell people all the time, the greatest temptation you can always have from the devil is a temptation to go back to sin. Not a temptation of having an accident. That's not what the devil can do. That is what sin can do. So sin opens some doors and some problems that are uncalled for start happening in your life. When you are covered by God, there is how God cooks you up. I want to be so lost in God until the devil can find me. 
I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. How do you want to live on your own? You don't want God. You don't want to be closer to God. Somebody has to beg you to come to church. Somebody has to beg you to live a holy life. You don't want to get into God. With how rough the world is, you just want to stand like this on your own with the bullets that are passing every day, with people that are dying every day, with how the devil is killing people and you don't even know the family that you come out from. The family that you come out from, they don't even want a start to come out and now you are in school and you're trying to graduate from the school and you don't even know that the devil is not happy with how you are celebrating and the devil is not happy with you you need to get lost in God until when the devil wants to find you he can't find you but find God and if the devil finds God he can't kill God and as far as the devil can't kill God then I'm always secured I'm always secured so God was talking to me and he said to me a lot of people are in church they want my blessings they want to go to a church and the pastor should say everything about them they want to go to church and have the pastor pray for them over something they don't have and I give to them. But they have failed to understand that when a pastor prays for you over the problem that you have, it is like carrying a rod into the fire. When you carry the rod into the fire and remove it, the hotness of the rod lasts for some time. After some time, it won't last for a long time. It will get cool again. And the best thing you have to do is to get plucked in God. How many of you have seen electric iron before or electric stove before? Or how many of you have seen heater before? When heater is plucked, he gets hot for as long as it's plucked there. The moment the heater is removed, it gets cold. When it is removed, it will be hot for some time. But after some time, it gets so cool. How many of you have tested that heater with yourself before? As in you just came back from school and you removed the heater from your locker and placed it on you. What does it look like? It looks very cool. And when it looks very cool, you wouldn't even believe that that heater that is very cool can be very hot. And God said, that's what happens to you. Don't just get a prayer and not get God. Some people just want to get a prayer. Some people just want to get a prophecy. Some people just want to get the coverage. They just want to have a coverage. Some of you feel, I have a praying mom. My father is a pastor. I have a praying father. Somebody that can pray and cover me. The fire that comes through that prayer is just hotness and the heat that stays up for some time. It has a limited time it stays. But I think with the kind of problems that I'm passing through, with the kind of strife that I'm having and uh, with the kind of distractions around me, I think the best thing that I have to do is to get myself blocked into God because I don't know when the devil is coming for war. I don't know when the devil is coming for trouble. I don't know when the devil wants to fight me. So if I get blocked in God, if the devil comes in the night, I'm ready for him. If the devil comes in the morning, I'm I'm ready for him. If the devil comes at midnight, I'm ready for him. When I'm plucked with God, I'm always electrocuted. That's why the Bible said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And the anointed is somebody who's plucked with God. He has been into God. And when he is into God, the devil can't touch you. Let me tell you something. The devil knows you more than how you know yourself. He knows that you are just playing church. You are a pretender. The devil knows that you don't have any power in you. The devil knows that you are a child of God. If you are a child of God. The devil knows how anointed you are. The devil knows exactly the quantity of the anointing you are. If you're just playing church, the devil knows you're just playing church. He can take you anytime. He can frustrate you anytime. But when you are plucked into God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You need to hear when I'm praying. When I'm praying, I don't 
even pray about witches and wizards and some things that the enemy is doing because I already know I'm blocked. If the fly comes on the heater that is blocked, that's his own business because the heater doesn't need to pray and say, Lord, don't let flies come upon me. In fact, the heater has to be praying and say, God, let some flies come on me and let them see the glory that is in me. When you are connected to God, you are just like a heater that is blocked on the light. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and any tongue rise against you in judgment. God condemns them. So in Refiner City, I pray to God that we don't beg Christians who are half done. Who look good on Sunday mornings but don't have the anointing inside of them. Who just come to church and they are living in sin because one of the things that can unplug you is sin. A lot of people want miracle but they are still living in sin. A lot of people want uh, the glory of God but they are still stuck in sin. Where we read the Bible said that if you are one with an harlot, if you are a fornicator, when you are a fornicator, you keep sleeping with somebody, God calls you an harlot. And God said, the moment you get into fornication, you have now shed your body with an harlot. And when you have shed your body with an harlot, you have become one spirit with the harlot. You feel it's just about the pleasure. You sleep with somebody and you leave the person and you clean your clothes, take your shower. And after taking your shower, you feel like going and you go put a perfume on you and to smell good and you look good and you go outside. But there are spiritual things that happen when fornication goes on and that is fusion. When you sleep with the person, the devil gets your spirit connected to this person's spirit that you sleep with. And now if the person had two demons and you had two demons, the demons get intertwined and the demons now start relating to you and your demons start relating to the person. And now you you go sleep with another person with your four demons and the demons is infused into the person and you also share in the person's demon. Come on. This thing is like flashy. You open your flashy and whatever thing you have I start contacting them and whatever I have I give it to you. The devil wants flashes to be on so he can fly from one person into another person and God said that's what happened when you are sleeping with somebody and you are not married to the person. You are a fornicator. That's what happened and God said that's the same thing I do spiritually when you are closer to me and make me the lover of your life I'll get yourself fused into you and whatever thing I carry that is also what you carry and God said if you are connected to an harlot you are one with an harlot you are get fused up with a harlot you have the same spirit with that harlot and whatever thing that befalls the harlot befalls with you Ah, the most dangerous part is for people who sleep with prostitutes prostitutes have slept with so many people and the demons they carry is so much. And here is a married man who already, with a natural sense, have so many problems in his marriage. And now he is talked into sleeping with a prostitute. And by the time he sleeps with a prostitute, he had collected demons from the prostitute. And now when he goes back to his house, the problem that he has increases more than how it should increase. Because now there are more troublemakers in the house than he used to have. More troublemakers are now in the house. And now he sleeps with the wife. And now make the wife to inherit some demons that the woman didn't pray for. That's why you have to be careful of the people you marry. 
Because most of the people that you marry are not holy. Most of the people that wants to get married to you are not holy. And in fact, when somebody wants to get married to you and he does not respect holiness and does not respect that he has to wait until he is married to you before he can sleep with you and all of that, he doesn't understand the mystery that goes on when fornication is going on. You don't even understand that there are demons who jump into people's life and frustrate the people's life just because you have opened your leg for just some money that you would have carefully avoided. And God said that's the same thing I do. When you accept me into your life, I get into you and you get into me and I get you empowered to do whatever thing you cannot do. I get ready to close right now. I don't know how many of you are going to receive this last minute blessing. God said if you open up yourself and allow me to come in, I'll so use you until your family will be afraid of you. I'll so use you until you'll be so great in your environment. I know of 16 people in this house. My spirit tells me about 16 people in this house. They have you down. They think you'll not become anything. They have told you to your face that you are a nobody. God said if you open up yourself and allow me to be the lover of your life and close the door against sin, I'll come into your life. I'll so possess you until I change everything around you. I'll change everything around you. I'll change your mentality towards things. I'll redirect your life. And it all starts when you can be able to lock the door against sin and open the door for God. And go into God. And the more I go into God, the more I discover that there's a space to cover. If you find somebody who's seeking God, he's not proud. Because the more he gets into God, the more he discovers that there's still a length for him to go. The more you go into God, the more you discover that I've not yet started. There's no point glorifying myself in what I have been able to achieve. I've not yet started. There's a bigger space to occupy. And I hate comparing myself with people because I don't even know where the people were to stop. Some people that you try to compare yourself with, maybe God just opened one door for them. And they have already in their door and you try to compare yourself with them when God has opened a gate for you. And you don't even know that God wants you to go so in to him. He has opened it to you. He wants you to come right in, right in. So there's no point standing somewhere and saying, Lord, I'm sure I can sing in church. I'm sure I can do this. I'm sure I can do an akazo. And you feel satisfied there. You need to come right inside. Because I see a hand telling you, come in, come in. There's more to this blessing coming. There is more to holiness coming. There is more to loving God. Come inside. Come inside. There's a hand calling you. Come inside. You know, when you have to come inside, there are some things you have to pull aside. There are some things you have to let go because every gate you have to go into God, you have to drop some certain thing. When you enter the first gate, you have to drop sin. When you want to enter in, there's some other thing you need to drop. There are things your God wants you to drop until you pass in. But when you love something more than the door that is open for you cannot go in because God works for you until you drop that pride and can lift you to the next level of your life until you drop that thing that I don't like until you drop that thing I wanted to search your heart is there anything that God wants you to drop because I want you to go into God let's be upstanding is there anything that can stop you from going inside. Wait, let me give you this last illustration. Let me tell you something. There's a lady who went to a place where they were selling dogs. And she was not clean. She was not clean, you know what I mean. 
maybe she got into the toilet or something or maybe on her menstruation or something she didn't freshen up she didn't wash herself and she was smelling and she went into a place where there were dogs and the dogs were after her all the dogs perceived the smell so they were around her they tried to pursue the dogs from her the dogs didn't go maybe she went to the toilet and didn't clean up very well they tried to pursue the dogs the dogs didn't go away and all they needed to tell her was go into the bathroom wash yourself very well and come out when she went into the bathroom washed herself very well and come out the dogs didn't pursue her again and when i was thinking about that this is what god said to me god said to me seen is like that dead and the dog is demons the demons that bring problems to you the demons that bring sin the demons that frustrates your life god said the demons are the dogs and god said stop running into churches going to places some of you when you go back home your mother takes you into four or five prayer houses and the prophets are very funny that they tell you to enter fasting for miracles they pray for you they are in a haste to pray for you they don't tell you to wash off your dirty linen wash off your dirts wash off the feces in your body that you couldn't clean up very well because this is what attracts demons to you the bible said beware of dogs i'm going to preach one day on beware of dogs so the dogs surround people who are not clean people run to church and want the pastor to just pray for them and pastors who are not experienced rushing praying for people instead of telling the people to drop their sin the sin is what attracts the demons so now the pastor praying for the person is trying to pursue the dogs but the moment he finish pursuing the dogs and he leaves the dog go back because there's something in you that attracts the dogs there's something on you that calls the demons to come there's something on you when you are living a life of immorality when you're living in sin people say man of god you spend more time talking about immorality why this scripture said Every other sin is out of your body. But fornication is in your body and when you're committing fornication, you sin against your own body. I think I want you to love yourself. That's why I'm preaching on that. The more you wash yourself clean, the dog has no business with you. But the moment there's something on your buttocks, no matter how you cover up yourself and belt and dress so good, the dogs know how to perceive The dog doesn't look at the collar. Sometimes people use collar to cover themselves up. I'm a prophet, I'm a pastor, I'm a bishop. Yet they're sleeping with people's wife, sleeping with little girls in their church. I'm a bishop, I'm an elder. No, the dog doesn't look at the collar. The dog looks at that thing that is smelling that your clothes have covered. Everybody may not be able to perceive. How many of you know that dogs perceive more than human beings? They perceive faster than human beings. So the dog doesn't even mind your clothes. You may dress very well. But the dog perceives that when you went to the toilet you didn't clean up very well. So he hangs around you. And the dogs are the demons. The dogs are the demons. That thing you didn't clean up is sin. And let me tell you something. I hope you still remember sin, demons and the blood. The sin is what calls the demons. And I feel like preaching to about 60 people listening to me right now. God said the problems you're passing through is because your sin drags the demons closer. I know somebody standing there asking me, man of God, how do I have my deliverance? Wash yourself up with the blood. Most times when people go to people and say, there's no family deliverance. There's nothing like that. 
tell the people in the family to confess their sin, accept God, the family deliverance has just happened. Because the dogs pursued the feces on the body that was not clean. So the family deliverance is like calling a pastor to come and chase away the dogs. When there are things in the family for the dogs to eat. Bow your heads. I need you to start talking to God right now. Hi, Yabashata. I don't know what you heard. But instead of me to go into immorality, I want to go into God. Somebody, you're listening to me about 21 persons. Listening to me right now, God said you are on a heavy attack. There's a heavy attack on your life. You have gone to many places for help because of that attack on your life. God said this is the medicine for your problem. Repent of your sin. Repent of your sin. That's the medicine for your problem. That's the medicine for your problem. That's the medicine for your problem. I need to start talking to God right now. Start talking to God. Start talking to God right now. God, I'm coming into you. Ah, I'm coming into you, Lord. I want to be dissolved in your presence. I want to be dissolved in your presence. I want to be dissolved in your presence. I've not seen somebody praying this all. I don't know. I want to hear somebody pray right now. I want to be dissolved in your presence. I want to be dissolved. I want to be dissolved. I want to melt up.
Everybody close your eyes. Squeeze your eyes. Make sure you close your eyes right now. God has talked to me about about five people in this house. Listen. He got Five people in this house listening to me right now under the sound of my voice. God said I should tell you. You've been praying for something you know yourself. There's a reap of the spirit you want to get into. There's a level you want to get into spiritually. God said that I should tell you. That realm you've been praying for, people don't enter that realm without holiness. If you want to enter into that realm, you need to sack all the girls. Put them aside. You need to drop your fornication life. You need to drop some things that you treasure so much. God said if you want to get into that realm, you need to be holy because that realm needs holiness. That realm needs holiness. You are listening to me. Five of you. God is talking to you specifically right now. You can feel it in your spirit. God said you need to drop it if you need to go in. And God said I should talk to you. You think I'm not answering your prayers? I'm not the one that's not answering your prayers. You are the one who barriers yourself from the answers to the prayers. And about 12 of you, God said, I should tell you, you should remember the house you come from. About 12 of you listening to me under the sound of my voice, God said, I should tell you, remember the house you come from. Don't package in school and forget your house. There are demons in the house. There are, there are demons and powers of darkness attacking people in your house. How they kill responsible people in your family. Have you forgotten? God said, without holiness, you can't get through. Without holiness, you can't get through. Squeeze your eyes, close your eyes, I'm praying for you right now. For those of you that you know I'm talking to you specifically, tomorrow is your fasting. God, I should tell you to fast tomorrow. Tomorrow is your fasting. And your prayer point is, Lord, I'm going into you. I've been so lost in sin. I want to be lost in you. Most of you that are listening to me right now, and I'm talking specifically to you, God said, I want you to fast tomorrow. That's what God is saying. I want you to fast tomorrow. I want you to fast tomorrow. There's something I want to do in your life. I want you to fast tomorrow. That's what God is saying. I want you to fast tomorrow. About eight of you said, Lord, but I have not been fasting. I don't know how to fast. God said, even if it's six to twelve, but give me one hour that you're talking to me alone. Even though it's six to twelve, but give me one full hour. Talk to me one full hour. I know you can be rushing to lectures, but give me one full hour. Talk to me alone for one hour. Lock yourself up. Talk to me alone for just one hour. God said, I'm taking you into a place you have not been able to enter for some time. There's somebody listening to me. You have backslidden. You have just backslidden. Your backsliding is just not very far away. You've backslidden. It's not long you backslided. God said, I should tell you, I should tell you, remember how frustrated you were before you gave your life to me. Now you backslided. The demons you left are coming back. Close your eyes. I'm praying for you right now. Father, I pray for the people that have listened to this word. I pray for the people listening to this word, Lord. I declare your presence upon them. Lord, take us into you. We don't want to just do it on our own. We want to be lost in your presence. We want to be lost in your presence. We don't want to be seen. We want you to be seen. We want you to be visible. We want us to be invisible and you become visible in our life. We want to get lost in your presence. We want to get fused up in your presence. Hayabashataya. Hayabashataya.
Lift up your hands. Marababashanta. Zikaladakai. I want to get lost in your presence. I want to get lost in your presence. I'm going to get lost in your presence. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Shata tatata. Lift up your hands. God said, I should ask you, do you want my presence? Or do you think you can do it on your own? God said, I should ask you, can your father help you out? Or you want to trust in me? God said, my hands are ready to pick you out of that problem. There's somebody here, I'm seeing you right now. I see you in a swamp. I see you in a swamp. And you've been trying to get out of that swamp. The more you try to get out of that swamp, the more you sink. God said that my hands are ready to pull you out. My hands are ready to pull you out. If you can just give me your hands, my hands are ready to pull you out. I'm speaking to 12 people right now. You're connected to the voice that is speaking right now in this house. You're connected right now. God has connected my heart to your heart. God said, I'm trying to pull you out right now. But the problem is that there are some things you're still holding on to. You don't want to let the things go. God said, let those things go and hold on to me and see if I will not pull you out of the swamp. There's a lady, you're listening to me, right? Your dreams have been so terrible. Your dreams have been so terrible. And the most amazing part of it is that you keep having some dreams twice. Some bad dreams keep repeating themselves. And God said, I should tell you that the devil wants to get you drunk. But thank God somebody brought you to church. Thank God somebody dragged you to church. God said, I'm about to pull you out. If only you can give me your hands. If you can give me your hands, I'm pulling you out. And tomorrow is your fasting day. You can fast also. God said, I'm pulling you out. If you want to get into me, I'll pull you out. About four of you, God said, I should talk to you. I'm trying to close. I don't know how. God said, I should talk to about four of you right now. Listening to me. Your friends have been trying to distract you. Your friends have been trying to distract you of late. Lately, your friends have been trying to work on your integrity. Work on your spiritual life. They've been trying to make you comfortable in sin. God said, who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to your friends? Or are you going to listen to me? God said, if you allow your friends to drag you into sin, you will regret the consequences. Lift your hands up. Hayabashata. Father, your presence. Father, we need your presence. We need your presence. Demons are increasing. We need your presence. Bullets are everywhere. We need your presence. We want to run into you, Lord. We want to get mixed with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands down, everybody. Close your eyes. I want to pray for these special people. You continue your prayer tomorrow. Some of you, God said, I should tell you that this prayer, you need to pray for like six months. You need to pray this prayer for like six months. Say, Lord, I want to get into you. Close your eyes, everybody. Squeeze your eyes. I'm praying for the last set of people right now. I drop the mic and go away. God said, I should pray for this set of people that want to give their life to Christ. People who want to accept Jesus. You want to accept Jesus into your life. You don't want to hold on to nothing. You just want to lift your hands and accept Christ. You want him to come into your life. There's no point being greedy about it. There's no point being selfish about it. There's no point being dramatic about it. There's time to just surrender. You want to surrender and give your life to Christ. Lift up your right hand right now. I'm praying for you. You want to give your life to Jesus. Just lift your head right hand. I'm seeing people's hand. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift your head. Lift it like you're not afraid. Lift it up. Oh my God. I'm seeing a young man. You've been struggling so much. 
not that you're not gifted, not that you're not talented, but demons have attacked your life. You've been opening doors for sin and you enjoy sin. That's why devil has come in to destroy your life. Your opportunities have been eaten up many times. And God said, thank God you're back. Thank God you're back into my presence. God said, watch how I'm going to take care of you. God said, try me and see if I will not be better than the secret calls. If I will not be better than the secret calls. Lift your hands up if, as if you're not ashamed of God. Lift it up. I'm praying for you right now. Lord Jesus, the hands that are lifted up are the hands of the people that have surrendered. They have surrendered. They need you in their life. They want you to be their Lord, their Savior. Lord, as they lift up their hands, Lord Jesus, I pray that their sins be forgiven. I pray that you forgive their sin. I pray that your life will get into their life. I need you to pray this prayer with me as you're lifting up your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Guide me, Lord. Don't let me fall. Guide me, Lord. Wash my sins. Put me in the right track. Deliver me from the influence of the wicked. And put me on the right place with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray.